swings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special. This was the Andy Reid special. We talked about he was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back. Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hartman and bring him back. And the game-winning drive of Mahomes' career, he's been waiting for. He's won Super Bowls, but he's never had it. And in overtime, he is the best. He is the standard. Your Michael Jordan wins it again. That was the great call by Jim Nance which was absolutely defaced by Tony Romo. Shut up, Tony Romo. Yeah, just rambling it. there. Shut up. How about it? I mean, Hardman, jackpot, Kansas City. Jim Nance is elite at those final punctuations of Let great comments. Right. Just shut up. He was talking during the play, too. Ugh. I've had enough of Tony. Oh, so have I. Oh, so it blooms off his rose. Oh, sure. yeah. No, I'm right there with you. He said, what, four days, five days ago that, that even, like, network executives have told him to calm it down. Yeah. 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 Sean yeah. McBann has said uh, he's more of a fan than an analyst. Or, or get an analyst in there. Yeah. No, listen, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I went from being a fan early on to I just, I can't stand it now. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Anyway. It uh, it didn't soil the moment completely for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm sure their their fans are just fine with that call. They're celebrating another Super Bowl win. Patrick Mahomes throwing the touchdown pass to uh, Hardman. Mahomes' third Super Bowl win in his sixth year as a starter, seventh year in the league, third Super Bowl MVP. We talked so much, Bick, about this building resume mm-hmm. for Patrick Mahomes and uh, once upon a time, not not long ago, it seemed like Tom Brady and his accomplishments, his long list of accomplishments, was totally untouchable. And Patrick Mahomes, in very very quick quick fashion, yeah. in terms of history, is saying no, it's 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 possible to catch this guy. Well, yeah, listen, and and the fact that uh, people are realizing that, hey, you know, the word three peat that generally was just reserved for the NBA. I mean, what has that ever been done in the Super Bowl? No. No. So if he wins three in a row, if he three-peats the Super Bowl, does that do it for him? Does he catch Brady? Well, it's Does cert- he catch Brady with four? I said last week, you know, the, the sheer numbers count. The longevity counts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just the, the span of first Super Bowl to last Super Bowl, that, that span for Tom Brady will never get approached. But when you start doing things that Brady never yeah. did, mm-hmm. and Brady never won three in a row, then you can start really, I think, putting more, you know, seriousness into that conversation. Yeah, I agree with that. And everybody's going to have their own interpretation well, of, of what it is. And like I said early in the show, so many people are living in the now um, that you know everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people are very tempted to anoint. Yeah. To 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 knight somebody in in the moment. Tom Brady's resume is still ridiculous. Oh, no, it is. It, listen, and, and again, I think the sheer number of rings, but also for people who have seen him, seen both people play, and that would include all of us. For people who have seen yes. both play, your eyes tell you that Patrick Mahomes is more quarterback. Now, that well, doesn't mean he's more successful because he hasn't been. Absolutely. And the way I view this is Tom Brady was a great, he was a processor. Mm-hmm. And the way he mm-hmm. processed the game was elite. He did not have elite talent. He did no. not have elite speed. Arm strength obviously was questioned throughout the years. Patrick Mahomes is 
with those combinations, with all of those traits, his ability to process, the competitive spirit, all the physical tools that are off the charts, mm-hmm. he's pretty close to the perfect quarterback. Yeah. And once again, as he always does in big games, he'll make the two or three plays with his legs that'll kill you. Yeah. And it happened again yesterday. And again, why (laughs) it goes back to Shanahan's decision to take the ball in overtime. Why you want Patrick Mahomes potentially, and I know he's talking about that third possession. Which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. You don't want Patrick Mahomes potentially to have the last chance to beat you while your offense is standing on the sideline. Listen, and, and coming on saying, well, we wanted the ball third, that's just, that sounds like something somebody put in his ear, like, hey, just you know, coach, people are probably going to ask you about uh, seriously, because why would why would that be a thing? It may not happen, so well, why would that be something that dictated your decision? And he prefaced it by saying nobody's got any experience with these new playoff overtime rules. So, that's the way you, you jump into the pool? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Play that was the third uh, possession. Look, it was, and, and I think on that fourth and four, when they they had no choice but to kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. But but I think everybody kind of knew. Okay, buckle up. Yeah, you just lost the game. You just lost the game. Exactly. That's that's kind of what I felt. It is amazing that that last drive with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. There were several unbelievably high pressure moments that didn't feel that way because. He was Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you're exactly right. There was one time he was about to uncork it deep and brought it right back down, uh-huh. and it was like, see, that's this is the maturity of this kid. He's not making mistakes, and that's that's a, that's also a Brady hallmark. Always dependable and reliable in the clutch. Made the clutch look easy. Patrick Mahomes has got that same gift. Yeah, he does. And here was uh, Mahomes talking about uh, what this title means as compared to the others. It means more, man. I mean, to be able to to battle through that adversity and, and come out better on the other side, and I think it prepared us for the playoffs. Obviously, we've had a lot of great playoff runs, but this is going to be up there because uh, just the way that we kind of continue to battle whenever times weren't great. And uh, talked about why the Chiefs franchise is so successful. It's culture, man. I, I got brought into this culture. Alex Smith was leading this team. They had the, the pieces in place, and Coach Reed was the ultimate leader. And I got brought in, and I just kind of try to exemplify that and, and keep pushing to be even better. And that's why in moments like this, we had guys come through, and it, it truly is special. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, if you want to rank the three Super Bowl titles for the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, I think I'm most impressed by this one. They beat a really good football team. And during the course of the season, there were a lot of warts exposed mm. on the Kansas City Chiefs. And go back to that Christmas Day game where they looked completely out of sorts. They got beat by the Raiders. Everybody was throwing dirt on their coffin. And they put it together with less than, I mean, less than what they've had roster-wise offensively for any mm-hmm. of their playoff runs. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, listen, I, I'm the, the first Super Bowl they won, they, they had Tyree Kill. The sec well, I guess both they the one in in Glendale they had him as well, did they? No, no, no they didn't. So, so the first one was they had one Tyree with Hill, Kill, two without. Yeah, okay. So the first one with Tyree Kill, there was a third and seventeen that they that uh, that they had to come up with, and they did. I think that comeback against the Eagles is number one for me. Yeah, I mean they're all impressive. Yeah, I'm just talking about. The, maybe I should clarify and say that the journey was more impressive. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. you know, they, they had to go on the road this year for the first well, time. Well, there's no they doubt were, about they that. They were underdogs yeah. yep. in, in, in games. They had never been that before. Uh, Arizona Sports and Copper Blues. Desert Ridge is giving you the perfect Valentine's Day combo. Wings and roses. Order wings tomorrow from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Get a dozen roses, courtesy of Cactus Flowers, while supplies last. Limit one per customer and dine-in only. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com 
for complete details. Coming up next, the other side of the Super Bowl, the San Francisco side. You know, the side that came up short again. We'll get into it. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's Gambo, and we have our new NFL champion, which means we're nearing a new season for the Cardinals. How aggressive should they be when the new league year begins? It's the Burns and Gambo Show, 2-6 to six on Arizona Sports. And this is my second game as a head coach. I think when you go against guys like Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes, you better never feel comfortable with the lead. I mean, those are two of the best players to ever play the game. And that's why whether you have a lead or you're down points, it's, I mean, those guys are always in it. I mean, a lot of guys are quiet, I and mean, a lot of guys are still quiet right now. Not a lot has been said. It just hurts. You know, we have the team, obviously, to do it, to win the whole thing and come up short like that. The way things have been the last couple of years here, everyone wanted it so bad. So I think we're still trying to sort of gather our thoughts and, and everything right now. But everyone in that locker room loves each other, I'll tell you that. It's Kyle Shanahan first, not being comfortable with a lead against Patrick Mahomes, nor should you be, and that's Brock Purdy, quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. He's talking about the hurt of not getting it done, Purdy, in his Super Bowl debut 23 of 38 255 yards a touchdown pass he was was decent I don't think Brock Purdy is the reason why they lost that game, but uh, he took some of the blame afterwards. When you have a good offense like the Chiefs do and, and what Mahomes can do, you know, for us, it's it's like, all right, we have to score touchdowns. We had opportunities to do so, I think. Shot ourselves in the foot with just penalties and the operations and, and stuff, so I got to be better in terms of, you know, leading the guys and, and thinking how I handle things in the huddle and telling them, telling them, you know, what to expect, stuff like that, so. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think we have the team, the offense to, to score touchdowns, and I think I failed to put our team in position to do that. I mean, there's two ways to look at mm-hmm. it. You can look at it that way with Brock Purdy, Bick, mm-hmm. or you can look at it um, more pragmatically and say, look, Brock Purdy, again, was decent, and he, yeah. he gave his team the lead in the fourth quarter uh, after a comeback by Kansas City. He gave his team the lead by virtue of taking the ball first in overtime. A lot mm-hmm. of the, the, the responsibility has to fall on the defense if you're looking at, yeah. at where San Francisco came up short. Yes, um, so I, I think Brock Purdy was good. I don't think that he was overcome by nerves. I, I think, think the way so. I think the way he started the game was fantastic. Um, I just don't know what happened to the 49ers offense where they get the ball to Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey via the short passing game and they get him in stride and they get him in space. I, I don't know what happened to that team and that offense. Uh, they had a few moments yesterday. Brock Purdy made some nice throws, crossing patterns to Brandon Ayuk and and the like. But um, I, 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 if I were a 49er fan, I'd be very disappointed because I, I don't think that this football team kind of gave gave a, a fair accounting of what they were capable of in the postseason. Yeah, and 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 I think that's and I don't know how they're going to kind of flush that and get over that. That is. Uh, that's a very fair way to look at it. I mean, when you were talking about their struggles in the postseason, the fact that they got called a defensively got called out by their defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes for yeah. what he called an embarrassing performance against Detroit, um, that certainly did not look for three weeks like the same 49ers team that we no. saw them after they got their stuff together following mm-hmm. a three-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. I, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. And where does that fall? Does that fall on coaching? They were relatively healthy most of the way. Losing Dre Greenlaw was huge. And, look, I think Dre Greenlaw is a really good player. I also think he takes liberties with the rules. I think he's a a, a tad uh, extracurricular, if Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
But you don't want to see a guy have to leave a Super Bowl because of that. No, no, you don't. That's the most freakish injury in the history of the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, listen, and so it's and I and I think that the 49ers defense, uh, they they did answer. They they did play with a certain amount of urgency. My guy Chase Young, oh. uh, heat seeking his way to the MVP in the first half. And so you know what, Chase Young put forth a game that completely validated why I thought he'd be a great Super Bowl MVP long shot, but he also validated why he's got dog in him, man. You watch him play, and he just he just doesn't go hard all the time. You mean the bad it, kind of dog. Yeah, right. The bad dog. <laughs> Not yeah. the good Not kind the of dog. Not <laughs> the dog. The, the dog. Yeah. Right? Where, where he just doesn't make tackles, where he just gives up, and yeah. So um, I, I, thought, I thought Bosa had an amazing game. He pressured the heck out of Mahomes. I, I, and, I, and I think the Chiefs' defense kind of, they kind of took over this game. They blitzed Brock Purdy 50% of his passes in the second half. Mm-hmm. And so they they came at him, and that's that's to me is where where Kyle Shanahan failed this team. I, I think you should know that's coming, and you should have some of these little screen passes. I mean, you've got Christian McCaffrey for goodness sake. Well, and, and I don't think that they properly anticipated what Steve Spagnolo was going to do. And there's people that are criticizing the you know the lack of the featuring of, of Christian McCaffrey and he did I mean he ran the ball a lot. He ran the ball 22 times for 80 yards, but Kansas City's defense bottled it up. Mm-hmm. First two carries of the game. First play of the game for Christian McCaffrey a 6-yard run. The next play was a first and 10 at the 40. He ran for 11. That was the longest run he had all day. The very next play was a two-yard run. He fumbled. And then it seemed like there was a bit of a different Christian McCaffrey. Like I said earlier, I, I the way San Francisco came out, they looked like they were a step faster everywhere mm-hmm. on the field offensively. Mm-hmm. And that fumble was incredibly costly. Really was. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. And, and, and coming from a guy who before this year really didn't fumble at all, that was a monumental play. Yeah, they, they scored a touchdown there. That's a declaration. What did you think of their trick play they ran that worked? It was uh, incredibly fairly, dangerous. It was fairly yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, thank goodness it was very well blocked because that pass was it. It, it floated. You just don't, you generally don't get away with that. You rarely Ooh. see a trick play where the end result of the play is the ball just goes back across the field. It didn't go like forward almost at all. No, and, and there was a lot of traffic there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Vic said, they they had it blocked very well. They're very lucky they did. Think of it this way: if San Francisco finds a way to win that game. Jawan Jennings is probably yeah. the MVP. Boy. <laughs> Throw a touchdown, catch a touchdown. And since we're talking about near misses on Super Bowl predictions, because you had the Chase Young thing and he flashed early. Yeah. Oh, listen, is somebody... I, was, I was trending to nail the exact final score. Oh. And it was 19. I picked 22 19 wow. Kansas City. It was 19 19. If they would have just kicked a wow. field goal. That's pretty good. And, That's yeah. a random score to predict. It too. is. There's only been 18 22 to 19 games in the history of the. Listen, Chase Young was a strip sack fumble um, in overtime away from winning that MVP. <laughs> Is that no, all? He, he had two he had sacks a, in the back yeah, pocket. Yeah. True, true. Uh, he, he got that first sack, and then when he got the, the second, second one that they right. called intentional grounding, yeah. uh-huh. I... I was telling everybody at the Super yeah. Bowl party I was at about your prediction. <laughs> I was like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. yeah. At that sure. point in time, at the, after that second uh, sack, I, I paused the television, and I kind of told my wife what was on the line. Did you Did you, Did you? you make the bet? I might have, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, I really feel 
Oh, well. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, two, bu- two bucks you'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, Sarah will take us through the big stories on this Monday morning, and there's a lot of them in the Rush Hour Reboot. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Setting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting, Arizona built for America's dreams. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Rush Hour Reboot on Bickley and Murata Mornings. This is where we get you caught up on everything you need to know in Valley Sports and beyond. And, of course, today we're starting with the beyond because it's the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hey. With Vince Murata. Damn you, people. Go back to your shanties. And Jared Carlin. <laughs> Sorry, pal. This diaper's a one-seater. Wait, what is that? Sorry, pal. This diaper's a one-seater. What is that from? That's a commercial that... It's about... That's the Cupid talking. Oh. It's it's very out of context. Oh, good. Okay. Sorry, pal. My name is diaper's a one-seater. Sorry, pal. Mine was out of context, too, but it was actual audio from one of the golfers at the WM Phoenix Open. Pulling a Shooter McGavin. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Mine was from the commercials last night. <laughs> so my name is Sarah. And so there's, it's perfect crossover opportunity. Uh. Sarah as in Michael Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. yeah um, are we over Super Bowl commercials, by the way? They don't feel like they have the same shows that they did. It's funny because I, I completely like disengaged from that. I didn't even I didn't even watch a minute of the halftime show. Uh, again, I was smoked from being at the golf tournament all weekend. Sure. So at halftime, I just kind of went upstairs and, you know. I still look forward to the good, Collapsed. the occasional good commercial. Yeah, I thought they were. Were they, they some were good ones? Okay. They They're okay. Fine, right? I like, they, the, they, I like the Christopher Walken BMW commercial. That, I that, was, that was funny. That yeah. Was good. yeah, the yeah. Affleck Damon. That was the funny. Dunkin Dunkin yeah, that one was. Bad. That one was. You know hysterical. what? By the way, Dunkin' Donuts is actually selling those tracksuits starting today That's, on their website. Oh my well, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tom, you can stay. <laughs> That's great. Uh-huh. All right, let's start with the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are back to back. Champs. Yay. Yay. We'll get into Chiefs fatigue, fatigue in a second. My fatigue is cured. <laughs> they beat the 49ers in Las Vegas last night, 25-22 in overtime. Definitely not the most thrilling game at first. Unlike what some people are saying, apparently, San Francisco was up 10-0 until just before the half. Kansas City scored 13 unanswered, and then the teams traded field goals throughout the fourth quarter. Harrison Butker's field goal from 29 yards out sent the game into overtime with three seconds left in regulation. First and goal. Mahomes plays it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! Can you even hear Tony Romo mumbling Super Bowl at the beginning? (laughs) Super Bowl. Right. This is for the Super Bowl. In case you forgot what you were watching, that was for the Super Bowl. Yeah. So so that was the final toss right there from Patrick Mahomes to Nicole Hardman, uh, three yards out, and it was just a walk into the end zone for Hardman. Here is Mahomes sharing how he felt after that game-winning pass. I can't even explain what what was going through my mind. I was just extreme joy. Didn't even know where to go. But, I mean, just so excitement, man. I'm so proud of the team, so proud of the guys, and to battle to the very end. I mean, that's a, that was a microcosm of our season. I said it, and then everybody came together and we were able to get the win. 
Mahomes also said this win is even more meaningful to him given that they didn't exactly have it all together during the regular season. It means more, man. I mean, to be able to, to battle through that adversity and, and come out better on the other side, and I think it prepared us for the playoffs. Obviously, we've had a lot of great playoff runs, but this is going to be up there because uh, just the way that we kind of continue to battle whenever times weren't great. All right, Vince, as you alluded to, the Chiefs' fatigue, we've all, I believe all four of us, said that we have had it this year. Mm-hmm. But after watching how they won that game last night, do you still feel fatigue or is it more just like... Game, respect, game. Game, recognize, game. It's both. I respect what they're doing, but I'm grown very tired of them. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Beck? Yeah, um, it, it's it's not, yeah, it, it's it's just a, it's kind of a thing because I, it, before the last, before that playoff game in Baltimore, um, it, 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 I, after that playoff game in Baltimore through the Super Bowl, I kind of had a renewed respect for Patrick Mahomes. Uh-huh. And, and, and I like Andy Reid a great deal. Travis Kelsey bothers me a little bit. Um, I, I think what he pulled on the sideline with Andy mm. Reid was kind of garbage yesterday. Uh-huh. I, I'm just fatigued at all the commercials. They're just, it, it's, you can't get away from the Chiefs. I That's said, what it is for me. It's just, it's, I'm with you on Travis Kelsey, and it's not for the reason you think it is. It's just the oversaturation of anything will make people grow tired and it's oversaturated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he also gives off this, I beat up kids on the playground for their lunch money energy. A little bit. A <laughs> little bit. All right. Let's, see that. Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes specifically. Three titles in five years for him and for Kansas City. He is 28 years old and just seven years into his NFL career. Looking into your crystal ball, do you guys think that Mahomes will match Tom Brady's seven rings? And if so, about how long do you think it's going to take him to get there? Yeah, um, I don't know if he's going to get to seven, but but I, I do. I am of the belief that if he three-peats, there's going to be a very valid and contemporary debate going on about does that make him the greatest of all time? Even with the three-ring deficit. I, be- I believe that will happen well, next year. Uh, I think there's a four-ring deficit right now, mm-hmm. and the discussion that Bick just described is is happening all over the country mm-hmm. because of recency bias and, and and all that. I'm not, and I'm not trying to poo-poo on what Patrick Mahomes is doing. I think he probably gets two more to win four more. I mean, <laughs> still, still an amazing gap. And he, yeah. he needs five more to break it. Yes, that's yeah. how crazy that yes. is. All right, let's get to the 49ers side of this game. The biggest question, no doubt, after the way last night's game ended, why did the 49ers take the ball first in overtime instead of letting Kansas City go first and then knowing exactly what they needed to do to win the game? Here is 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan, his explanation after the game. This is something we talked about. With none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked to those guys, and we just thought it would be better. We wanted the ball third. The both teams matched and scored. We wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win and got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold him to at least a field goal, and if we did, then we felt it was in our hands after that. Okay, he wanted the ball third, they said. That's his explanation, but a few game, a few players, I should say, after the game, went on the record saying, we didn't know the rules. We didn't know the overtime rules had changed. Tyler Juszczyk was among those players. And it? Eric Armstead. He yeah. said, the players saw the rules go up on the video board at Allegiant Stadium, and that is when they became aware. Ah. <laughs> Mid-game! Insane. And Kyle Juszczyk uh-huh. said, yeah, I actually don't totally know the strategy. Kyle Shanahan, this comes after already not having a great reputation in Super Bowls. So how long is it going to take uh, for him to kind of bounce back from this this um, 
negative it's reputation. A it's a great, great question that because, he's yeah, listen, because I, I do think he's one of the top five coaches in the game, but but these kind of things, they create doubt, they create animosity, they create regret. And, and I think a lot of people um, kind of reconciled his cautious play calling in the last Super Bowl because it was Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and, but... This is sort of a trend now, and and I don't I don't think I, I, I don't think he handled that second half well. I I really think he should have been ready for the blitzing Kansas City defense. I I really think that should have used Christian McCaffrey more in the passing game. That and and that decision in overtime to take the football first is just daffy. Yeah, it so, is. And look, it may come out that maybe he didn't understand the overtime rules either. I I'm, I'm stretching there, admittedly. But for his players not to know, that's yeah. on the coaching staff. Totally. And Donovan McNabb is dogged for a lot of things in his career. Mm-hmm. People still make fun of the fact that he did not know the playoff rules yeah. when they popped up. This is the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And you have players that didn't know the rules of the overtime? Again, that is, to use one of Bick's words, malfeasance by the coaching yes. staff. What do you think would be worse? Kyle Shanahan and his staff knowing the rules and not being sure that they're communicated to the players? Or just nobody knowing the rules? <laughs> I mean, the second would be worse. They're both uh, bad, but the second would right. be. If nobody knew it, It's that's just, that's ridiculous. Rough times. Well, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure these, th- th- I'm sure they go over these rules with players before the season begins, but you know, uh, you know, you know how me- meetings go. Sometimes I don't. Know. I don't. People I don't know. doze off. You're going to go over postseason overtime rules before the season starts. Probably. Right. That's something yeah, you got to hit. You no, know, last week. Yeah, it's yeah, and bad. they had two weeks before the Super Bowl of just practicing and meetings. Yeah, <laughs> rough times. All right. And that's right. going to follow Kyle Shanahan until he finally, oh, finally yeah. wins. Oh, one. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, you Sarah. Rebooted. Coming up next, what to take, if anything, from the Suns' Saturday night loss in San Francisco to the Warriors. It's Pickley Murata Mornings here on this Monday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, middays 10 to 2. A little smitten <laughs> on Royce O'Neal right now, based on the more that I read about him. I honestly think this is exactly what the Phoenix Suns need. Have you heard one thing about Royce O'Neal in the last 24 hours that you don't like? No. The way he's being described, especially there, it's like they created him in some sort of like basketball chamber and they were like, okay, let's put all the ingredients that Wolf wants in a player for the Suns. <laughs> all right, this is who we're going to have. Wolf and Luke, middays 10 to 2 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey everybody, it's Burnsy. The Phoenix Suns are now one game in with their post-deadline team. What did we like? What problems still persist? We're going to react on the Burns and Gambo show starting straight up to o'clock. Uh, game plan good. We, we, we just weren't at our best. Okay. You know, and we played a pretty good basketball game. We played well enough to beat these guys. You know, one play in, their, in the, the final two seconds swings to the, the outcome. Frank Vogel, head coach of the uh, Phoenix Suns. That was Saturday mm. night. Suns went to San Francisco to take on Steph Curry and the Warriors. Nationally televised game. Good game. Entertaining game. Came down to the last seconds. Curry nails a deep three-pointer with .7 to go to give the Warriors the lead. Suns couldn't get a shot off, uh, and they lose the basketball game. And mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, for the most part, I would agree with what Frank Vogel said. I don't, I don't think the Suns played a bad game. Individually, there were some guys that I don't think 
you know, held their weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm looking at two of the, of, of the big three. Yeah. Um, Not the greatest night for Kevin Durant in an otherwise great season, right? No, because, I mean, the turnover issues popped up again, six turnovers. Um, the, the, the efficiency wasn't there. There was a play, the Suns' last shot. Before Curry's three, mm-hmm. where they won the jump ball. I'm, Durant, I'm so glad you brought that Durant up. had made a great play to block the shot. I think, was it Looney underneath or was it Green? Whoever. It was uh, Draymond. Yeah, you, yeah it was he Draymond. blocks Draymond's yeah. shot. Beal gets the ball, gets tied up, and you're like, oh, no. They're going <laughs> to give up possession on a jump ball. Beal wins mm-hmm. the jump ball. The Suns, with the lead, milk the clock, pass up a couple of open shots, but have to settle for a long three-pointer from Bradley Beal from, from the right wing. Kevin Durant on that offensive possession was camped out in the left corner. Yeah. And I mean and, camped and out. And Grayson Allen was also wide open Grayson well. Allen was wide open as well. Uh, Beal puts the shot up, and there's no movement from anybody to the offensive glass. And hat, you know, all things remaining the same, and this wouldn't be affected by Kevin Durant's movement at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. If that shot trajectory is the same, he'd probably get an offensive rebound and getting fouled and yeah. icing the game at yeah. the free throw line. Yeah, my takeaway, I, I again, it was it was obviously a very very emotional ending. You want to, as a Suns fan, appreciate the greatness of Steph Curry. It's very very hard in that situation to do that. Then there's the Draymond just flexing and barking at KD and now you're getting pissed at this team um, I, I do think that even though I've heard this from Frank Frank Vogel a lot this year, I do think an element of that is actually true even though the Warriors fans can celebrate a, a hallmark magical moment in the career of Steph Curry that's what it took to beat the Suns on their own court and so you can take some solace in that, yeah. especially on a night when KD was just kind of man, and Bradley Beal wasn't much better. Yeah, that was a and, the Suns' worst shooting night as a team in well over a month. Yeah, yeah, and and Devin Booker, who you know has had some really crazy, mysteriously quiet fourth quarters. Uh-huh. He was he's the one who was carrying the team. And, yes, yeah, and so it it's it's not the end of the world. I, I walked away from that game thinking, um, really, after I processed the emotion how much I would love to see this playoff series between these two because they these teams do not like each other. Have you ever heard that before? These two teams simply no, don't like each other. Hurts it all. Yeah. Um, let's let's go there then. Okay. Draymond Green versus Yusuf Nurkic. The last time these two teams met, it was um, it was clearly a Nurkic victory. Mm-hmm. You know, Green was shamed. He he got the indefinite suspension after that game. Do you like that Yusuf Nurkic was poking the bear? I mean, it's hard to answer that now, knowing how the results were. And look, you can talk about Curry's shot all you mm-hmm. want, and most people will. It was huge, and it was an obviously just a, a, yeah. an enormous play I, in that game. Draymond Green's two layups mm-hmm. in the last three minutes of that game, the second of which... He absolutely blew past a stationary Yusuf Nurkic. Yes. Was another enormous play in the outcome totally, of that game. Totally. Yes. Um, and so to answer your question, my 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 first answer to that was no. I, I did not like him um, going in as hard on Draymond Green after a loss because, I, I A, it's going to be interpreted as a sore loser, and B, at that point in time, I think you just kind of keep it, keep that internal, make a mental note of it, and just, you know, vow to make things different next time you play him. Yeah, Kevin Durant took a different tone in the game afterwards, mm-hmm. gave a, a lot of credit to 
It was a very honest interview. Oh, he was asked unbelievably on the second, uh, the second inbounds play that was ultimately the final play of a game, whether mm-hmm. or not there was contact. And Kevin Durant said it. <laughs> And this is the reality in the NBA. Is like they're never going to call a foul there. Not in that situation. Not in that situation. Yeah, not with .6 left on the clock. Especially since they called it the first time. Yeah. And it was a foul on Wiggins. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the green play, you know, there was, there was hands, but it's, it's right. got to be egregious for it the to Wiggins be The Wiggins foul, though, didn't they take that foul on purpose because they had a foul to give? Isn't that what that was all about? Were you talking about the play right before that second inbounds pass? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, they knew they had the foul to right. give. Right, Yeah. Um, and but even Steph Curry said after the game, I don't think it was a foul. Or maybe Draymond said it after the game. I don't think that was a yeah. foul. It, it was. Well, yeah, you know, the league came out and ruled what last night, this morning, whatever it was, very recently that that they think it wasn't a foul. There was contact, but no one's going to call that. And I don't think you should expect it. I really don't. No. When there's less than a second left, it, it's you've got to just you can't even catch the ball. You've got to kind of just redirect it towards the rim. It, it, you're in such a deficit situation that I don't think you're going to get any gifts yeah. unless. It's blatant. The Suns um, were sloppy with the basketball again, mostly in the first half of the game. Turnovers ended up even. Points points off turnovers was actually in the Suns' advantage. But individually, again, Kevin Durant at key times, he throws a lot of cross court passes mm-hmm. that get picked off. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not trying to pick on Kevin Durant, but that's something that he is a good enough player, an experienced enough player, a smart enough player. The guy yeah. has a basketball savant. Mm-hmm. Stop throwing those passes. Yeah. Now you've got so you've got a couple of home games before the All Star break. You've got back to back games. This game against the Kings will be interesting if that's they're big, full strength. It's a big game. It's a big game. And then you got Monty Williams and the Pistons, who are playing much much better. better. I'd I'd be a little worried about that game. Uh, the Suns better not be thinking that that's going to be a layup because I think Monty would love nothing more than to bite this oh, yeah, team. Yeah, weird stuff happens the game before the All Star break too. Yeah, that's true. One other thing that I wanted to bring up, and this is a very very small sample, and it's very specific. The Warriors went small. The Suns stayed big for for a portion of that, and after that second Draymond Green layup, they they went small again. But what they lost in the trades, the, the trade that they made at the deadline, mm-hmm. they lost a little bit of flexibility defensively. And what I'm talking about is two longer defenders with some flexibility. With Metu being gone, Akeda Bates-Diop being gone, Outside of Kevin Durant, you don't have wow. a lot of length defensively yeah. that you can use on on-ball situations. Like, Bull Bull is obviously yeah. incredibly long defensively, but you're not going to put him on an on-ball situation. No. no, no especially no, 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 no. in crunch time. No. So, uh, And people might say, well, you're not going to put Metu or, or Bates D up in that situation either, but... They don't really have much in terms of those guys that are 6'8 to 6'11 outside mm-hmm. uh, of Kevin Durant that can guard multiple positions right yeah, now. Yeah, and and I just also, I think, you know, that we talk, we've we talked a little bit about the Bradley Beal, the awkwardness of that last play. You know, Josh Okoge in the game at that point in time might not have been a bad idea. No, Josh Okoge had himself son, a game. The Suns might not have been in that game if yep. not for Josh Okoge in the first half. Mm-hmm. I thought he was tremendous in the, mm-hmm. in the first half of that game. Yeah, I mean, you could certainly second-guess that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, one of your best perimeter defenders. Royce O'Neal. I know it's his first game. But that's how he's made his money in the NBA. Yeah, is, yeah. He's playing, situations playing like defense. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. So, it, it, it was a disappointing loss. Yeah. I, again, I don't think it's the end of the world, but you want to stack wins when you can get them in close games because 
when this All Star break is over, mm-hmm. and you know next week we're getting into this stretch run for the Suns, their schedule is ridiculous. It's going to get difficult. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's going to get difficult. But we said this about their stretch of schedule and they weren't playing well in January. Sometimes they'll bring out the best in a team. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Certainly they're equipped in terms of talent and experience to deal with it. Without a doubt. We'll uh, get more into the Suns a little bit later on. Coming up next, you know what's straight ahead. Fire! It's the Bickley Blast. Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.